This episode is brought to you by Watchman Cigars, Operation Decisive Victory, Webmerized, and this week is brought to you by Free Lunch Coffee. Um, let me get the right page. It's pretty good. Here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here at Southern Fried <laughs> Philosophy, you know we have a heart for people and their stories. Another group of folks that have that same heart is our friends at Free Lunch Coffee. They have a heart where no child will go to bed hungry. To do this, they are selling some of the world's best coffee to you and giving 50% back to make that happen. You get a delicious cup of coffee, and they get to help a child eat. What better way to start your day knowing that you are helping change the world? When you buy just one bag of free lunch coffee, you're also providing 10 meals to children in need. Their coffee is specialty grade, certified organic, and fair trade. They offer a 100% money guarantee for 30 days. If you don't absolutely love their coffee, they will give you a full refund and you get to keep the coffee. Free Lunch Coffee is offering a 10% discount to the loyal listeners of this podcast. Use coupon code SOUTHERNFRIED at checkout. Check out at freelunchcoffee.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it is our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are invited to come on the front porch, grab a beverage, and set a spell. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to our starting lineup. Producer Brian is manning the control panel. Say, what's up? Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, that's anticlimactic. Sorry. Uh, Oh, is, that, is that better? <laughs> That's much better. Magic Man, a.k.a. Ryan, is running the Facebook Live and the YouTube Live and manning the chat. Hey, everybody. And we have our special guest, Dewan Kirst. He's going to be with us the entire show. We'll talk to him uh, throughout the show, but we'll bring him in and interview him a little bit later. Say what's up, Dewan. Hello, my good fellows. <laughs> No, sneaking in that little accent. I like it. Um, hey, guys, just this may be the first time listening to the show. I hope not. But if it is, what is this about? It's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. Just kind of the stuff that we like to talk about. We're sitting on the front porch. You guys are joining us. We're talking about our philosophies, things that are going on in our lives, some crazy stories, and things that make us laugh and giggle, and also things that fill our stomachs. So we like to to talk about food as well. But um, hey, listen, we may not always agree, but at the end of the day, we'll love each other and we will respect each other. Uh, so producer Brian, where can people find the show at? Yes, uh, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast places, our social media. We are on, uh, let's see, Instagram at SFP Radio, Twitter at SFP Radio, Facebook at Southern Fried Philosophy. Uh, you can always email us at SFPRadio at gmail.com. Um, and again, we are on all of the major podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, there's another one. What's the other big one? Tune in. Tune in app. Yep. There's probably more. Oh. There's like a 50 different podcast <laughs> right. apps right now. And we don't have a huge uh, advertising budget. So what we need you guys to do is to go to YouTube and subscribe. I know if we got everybody that listens to the show, just do it now. Listen, we're not even going to start the show until you go to YouTube forward slash SFP radio 
hit subscribe and then be, you know, subscribe to the show. You'll get notifications that, uh, that we're on, we're doing a, a show, but also it helps us go up in the, in the ranking so that we can, you know, do some other things, get the official YouTube forward slash SFP radio logo thing. Producer Brian, is that right? Yeah, that sounds something right. like that. Something like that. It's, it does we're something really important. You know, yeah. you're not a real YouTuber until you get a hundred. I think at that's least a hundred. So yeah. I know, I know for a fact that there's a hundred people that listen to the show. So just go now, yeah. subscribe. That's all we need you to do. Yeah, also, maybe, we need you to tell people about the show. Yeah. Maybe if, well. if you get us that number, we can actually put some content on there. Like Ooh. make some things, you know, that's, that would be fantastic. Idea. Bourbon it's, reviews. Be, it's motivation for us to do more things. That's what I, Oh yeah. We're not going to do nothing until you subscribe. <laughs> right. <clears throat> we're going to do the rest you. of the show until you subscribe. So <laughs> speaking of, uh, if you want to be a show a sponsor, we've got plenty of room now. So if you would like to be a sponsor, just email us at sfpradio at gmail.com and we'll promote your business and we'll love you. And, you know, we'll give you a fun little logo at the beginning and all that fun stuff. So, uh, speaking of sponsors, by the way, producer Brian, you got your free lunch coffee this past week. Yes, how I did, did you like it? Uh, well, I opened it. I think yesterday afternoon. Because mm-hmm. um, I had sampled yours, right? And I got a different product. I think than you did. <laughs> we got a bad batch, and I, I told Vin, "Hey, we got a bad batch," and he immediately said, "We're sorry. Let me send you a new one." And you got the the good stuff. Yeah. Then I got mine today. Holy. Crap, it's, that stuff is good. Way different experience. Way different. The it second is time around. It was a different coffee. color in the bag. I think you had a hole in your bag or something. There, got some think, air yeah. in there. Because it was something like, happened. The, it was the wrong color for, for good coffee, you know? <laughs> right. So I was shocked. I was like, you know, and I wasn't, you know, on the review, I was like, it's good coffee. You know, it's better than Waffle House. But this stuff mm. is legit. It's yeah. really, oh, really good. So this is way better than Waffle House, and I absolutely. know what that means. Yeah, yeah. So do, do yourself a favor and ourselves a favor and ten kids a favor and order a bag. Right. Use promo code Southern Fried. Next week we'll have Peggy No Stevens. She's the first female bourbon master taster, the author of Get This. I love this the the title of this book. Which fork do I use with my bourbon? Oh, that's yeah, that's fan. That sounds fancy, right? I don't have any uh, forks. Let's, there's no I'm doing fork. it wrong. <laughs> but it, it's like a like a how to to have like a cocktail party and a tasting and all that kind of stuff. Like a step by step from the invitations to like the tasting notes and all that fun stuff. It's a really cool book. Uh, but she's going to be on the show next week. Um, guys, listeners, heads up. We still need you, North Dakota, Alaska, and Vermont. We are coast to coast. We literally go from California to North Carolina, but we're missing those three states. So if you know anybody in North Dakota, Alaska, or Vermont, please tag them and make them listen to the show. We just want to fill in the little thing. So that'd be nice. I'm going to ask you like I ask you guys every week. How you be darn? I'm going to go to, to you, Ryan. Magic man. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure you wanted to start off with. You know, hey, I'm doing just fine. Doing great. Yeah. Have a good week this week. A little bit better. It's, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, this week's been a challenge, but you know, making it. So I'm not going to complain. Dewan, how you doing, man? I am actually doing great. You know, I have a very uh, simple perspective in life. You know, every day I wake up is a good day. And that's good. That, you know, that's perspective. There. And that, that changes everything. Go. Like the way you think about when you get started, <clears throat> right? Yeah, I, I usually do like before I get out of bed, 
like a self evaluation. What part of my body did I hurt when I went to go to sleep last? When I, when I slept last <laughs> <Hurt> my <night>? sleep. <laughs> yeah, did I like pull a hammy? Did you know? Am I pull my back? What did I do? I'm getting old. Producer Brian, what about you? Oh, I'm good. Uh, I think I'm doing better than I was last week. I'm noticing my old man sounds a little less. Um, apparently today in, in Charlotte anyway, was the hundredth day of school. And I think they miscounted because <laughs> it feels like the thousandth day of school. Like sure. since August, it's like every day we're still doing this. It's not over yet. You know, this, this whole, I think this whole pandemic thing has changed our perception of time. Like it's like it's end of January 2021 and it still feels like like August 2020 or something, right? It's not over yet, right? <laughs> so what's what's the deal now officially on school? What's going on there? Are, are the kids knows. back in school? They keep changing their mind, you know, the governor keeps pushing things back and the school boards making changes like I I don't know. They're still like Charlotte is still offering remote and in person. I know I think you said like your Concord went full. I think like, real so. School, yeah, right? I think they're back to in person. They're just like screw it, send them all back, right? I mean, <laughs> right. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How you been doing? Uh, well, speaking of nuts. Oh. Um. So I had to go get a physical to uh for to relicense for foster care. It's kind of a rule. Every time you got to get a relicense, got to get physical. Hmm. So I had a, a new doctor that I had to try out and, uh, you know, we're running all the tests. She's new, uh, to me, not new to the thing, but new to me. So <laughs> we're kind of getting to know each other. Do what? Not new to medicine, right? <laughs> not, not new to medicine. Just new okay. to me. So we're trying to get to know each other. Uh, you know, she, Oh, sorry. I meant to hit this one. What are you doing on the stereo, buddy? <laughs> Said you're getting to know each other. Is this the wrong song for that? No, no, this is probably oh. right. Okay, all right, just checking. Um, so I had to do I had to do some tests and get stuff done, um, and you, know, you, you go back and forth like, oh, get your test, get your blood work, then come back in, you do the follow up, whatnot. We're getting to know each other a little bit better, and you know, yucking it up and whatnot, having a good time. And then she asked me the question like, hey, everything else looking good, like feeling good. Um, how's your pee? And I was like, you know, as a matter of fact that you bring that up, I'm getting older. Priest Ryan, you talked about how you felt like you were getting older, making old man so it sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I said, to be honest with you, I feel like I do like a start, you know, I get done and I go back to bed in the middle of the night and I got to go again. It's like, oh, is it, and then she started asking me 40 questions on, tell me more about that. Mm, all right. Mm. So, you know, did that. She, and then she, she gets a blank piece of paper, flips it upside down and said, well, here's the deal. Here's what's happening. Uh, you've got, a, at some point, for some reason, your prostate is pushing down on your urinary tract. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One could just be slightly enlarged, um, could be swollen. No big deal. That happens. Could be diet, you know, fix it with diet, whatnot. Two, you could have nodes on it, and that's pushing it down, and that's something to be cause for concern. Or three, prostate cancer. Whoa, what? It's like, uh uh-oh, 
you know, the C word just got thrown out. I ain't having that. And part of it is because I've been really sensitive because one of our uh, um, our friends of the show, he struggled with kidney stones. And I'm like, I do not want kidney stones. Nope. And she brought that up too. Like, it could be a kidney stone. Ooh, I mm-hmm. did not want that. No, thanks. So then she asked the uncomfortable question, uh, do you trust me? What do you say to that? <laughs> I'm like, I trust you. But uh, I was like, well, tell me what's going on. She goes, I've looked at your file. You're 43 years old and you've never had a DRE. I said, ma'am, I'm 43 years old. I've listened to a lot of Dr. Dre. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. (laughs) Are you familiar with the term DRE, by the way? Anybody? Raise your hand. Anybody? I I was with you. I'm with, you know. The, the good yeah. doctor. <laughs> You're very close, by the way. I'm going to handle this with kid gloves as best I can. Uh, it is a... Did they use a glove? <laughs> yes, sir. It is the digital rectal exam. Digital? Oh, digital. I've had the analog, not the digital. Ooh. And that's my point. That's what... Are you point like doing a probe? Like, what's going on? Do they... Is there some way that you could do it without the finger? And then she's like, no, smarty pants. The digit... The digit. Digit. Oh. Digital oh. rectal exam. You guys are getting at that age. Show of hands, how many have gone through that yet? Well, I, I see. A long time ago for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm older than y'all, too. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Get the bug mistake dinner first. So the terror comes in my mind like, oh my gosh, like she's going to put her finger up my butt. And uh, I'm trying to keep it PG 13, maybe. And she's like, "Do you, if you trust me, we got we're, we need to do this." And I'm like, "I get it, but let's let you know. Can we push this off maybe a week? Because because I haven't, you know, like you you just get up. It's early in the morning. I didn't take a shower. You know, you got to make sure that the area is ready to go. Like if you're gonna have that taken care of, you got to make sure." Things are good. So she's like, yeah, we'll push it back the whole week. And so every day that goes by, I get more and more scared and I freak myself out. Did you buy some Axe body spray or something? Oh, yeah. Like there's Axe body spray. There's like 15 showers. Uh, I mean, the bidet was great for that too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Man, that was great. It's clutch. Um, I'm having the wife check make sure like there's no skid marks in my butt, like all kinds of stuff, right? And so, so it's, it's probably Wednesday or so, and I can email the doctor and whatnot. And I, you know, my, my go-to is when I get nervous, I get, I I go comedy. So I'm like, I'm emailing and I said, Hey, by the way, you know, I'm out running errands. If you need, um, if you need me to stop by tractor supply and get those gloves to go all the way up to your, your elbow. Yeah. We can can stop by whatever. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, I can get some of those. Uh, now keep in mind, I need you on that Friday to wear clothes that you can burn because, you know, you probably want to do that. And then afterwards, um, uh, think, you know, skip arm day because there's, there's a lot of stuff back there. And that was my biggest concern is most of the time she's seen me, I've had, I'm sitting down, right? She doesn't understand as per my wife says, I've got a juicy booty. Like there's some junk in my trunk. 
Uh, so, you know, you're going to have to work this thing. Skip arm day because you're going to need every ounce of energy you're going to need to do this. So, you know, yucking it up, trying to be all funny. And then Friday comes and y'all, I'm so nervous at this point. Like, I, I try to even make the excuse like, hey, you know, the aliens came last night. They probed me. They said everything's good. We're okay. We don't have to do this. She said, Miss Pat, no, we're doing this. Do you want the nurse to come in to chaperone? I said, absolutely not. The last thing I need is more people in this room. Like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so, so uh, she's like, I, I, and I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. She's like, all right, stand up on the little little table, you know, like the little seat that's got the the paper on it, the crinkly paper. Turn around and just bend over on this thing, and and I'll take care of the rest. I said, close your eyes. You're in for a surprise. Here we go. Uh, so I, you know, get ready, assume the position, crinkle the paper as, you know, in my hands. Cause I'm so nervous. I feel the, Did they the give you like a bit to bite on or something. They like should have, yeah, okay. that would have been great. Maybe, maybe the, you know, the tongue suppressors, like get yeah. 20 of those. Yeah. Yeah. I feel my left butt cheek separate from the right. And in my head, Oh dear God. Here it comes. My my life is flashing before my eyes at this point. I'm seeing the small batch. You know, I'm walking her down the aisle. Things, you know, it's just it's going nuts. And um, and then I feel it. The what I like to call the insertion. Uh, at that point, I scream literally as loud as I can. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, how long are you going to be in here? You digging for gold? What is going on? And uh, she did not think that was quite funny. I don't think. I do know for a fact that the other patients did not find that funny. Um, and, you know, I hear or I feel the anti-insertion. You know, I feel the, the rejection come in. And then the snap of the rubber gloves. I turn around and she looked at me like nonchalantly and said, no, you're good. Like all this build up to a no, you're good. Wow. So that was the life changing experience that I don't mm. think I'll ever forget. <laughs> was it a little traumatic? And and I asked her, I was like, all right, so at this point, who's going to hold me? <laughs> We're going to cuddle. I'm With a, a spoon. little spoon, by the way. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah, I, I've had the similar I, i've had, not for the same reasons but i've had the whatever you the, what was the word dre the dre i've had yep. the dre uh and Damn. the preamble was it was a my doctor was a little asian man he said bend over say ah that was all we got wow and he waited forever to get there like to like I, I, to get in the room mm. i think it was because they were clearing out the other rooms that's probably a good call because of the sound that was about to happen <laughs> He knew that. That's a good one. Yeah, it was. That's about it. Yeah, that's basically what happens. You, uncontrollable noises. It's, I was so worried, uh, like, uh, yeah. poop was going to yeah. be flying out of the room. <laughs> or, like, I was going to fart or something. Like, I was so concerned. I was like, don't, yeah. just don't fart. Just hold it in as much as you can. Oh, you guys are lucky. What? You guys are so lucky. lucky? How are we lucky? Yeah. My 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 primary is a big Italian guy who stands about six four, you know, a solid three. We work out, and he has big Italian sausage fingers. 
And um, he says, come on, buddy. It's that time. And I'm like, so you're not going to buy me a steak dinner or something? Just like that. And he's like, come on, bend your knees. Come on. And he's, and, and he's trying to get me to relax. Mm. And his version of trying to get me to relax is he's slapping my cheeks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so graphic with the visual. Oh, we're way past that, man. If you can imagine, he's like, he's like, he's like, if you can see my bit, he goes, he goes, come on, come on, relax. Relax. I said, Mike, it's not going to happen with you slapping me on my cheeks talking about relax. He was like, come on, buddy. Come on, Sparky. And then he's trying to be the comedian, and I'm normally the comedian. Oh my goodness! Hey, I got to share this. Um, Big and Swipe the rest of the show. Big and Swipe just chatted on the. Uh, the looks like it was on Facebook, and she says, "I'd like to go on the record and say I did not check for skid marks or have any part of this." <laughs> no, she did not. She did not. Oh, just, just finally get through the procedure, Man. and and he calls my um, uh, oh my god, my urologist. Who is just is who is the total opposite now, mm. and he's a he's a much smaller guy, right? Real real tiny guy, and he goes, yeah 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 yeah, Tony, I just took care of Dewan. You ain't got to worry about it. And I'm like, oh, he could have did. Like, oh. why are you doing that? <laughs> that was, wow. Same results. There's nothing. Yeah, that was the great thing. She uh, she has small. She got not small. They're very long, by the way, uh, but they are uh, thin fingers. So I was appreciative of that. All kidding aside though, legitimately, if you guys need to get checked for prostate, you know, please do that. Don't, don't let it go too long. Please get that checked out. Honestly, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Of course, my doctor did not have sausage fingers. So there's that. And he didn't, Mm. you know, I I wonder if I could pay extra on my copay for that (laughs) little slapping though. Oh yeah. There you go. Maybe I should think about that next time. Maybe I should ask for that every week. How about it? All right. So anyway, that's how I'd be doing. All right. Let's talk about. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for the segue. What's the segue? The right segue. Here? The other thing that really chaps my <laughs> is, uh, is is this Robin Hood thing. Um, I know. I, I'm sure you guys have talked or, or seen it, at least on the news. Um, basically, Robin Hood and a lot of other apps. Uh, have uh, w- did not allow users to buy stocks of game stock in AMC and to reverse um, to give you a, like a big better de- description of what's happening on basically uh, there was a short sell of GameStop and AMC that was happening which would um, basically make uh, hedge funds, make a lot of money and they do this all the time. Like there's no big deal. Like they, they'll buy a stock um, and then they'll sell it low and get money and get profits back on that. But people have had enough of the hedge funds making a lot of money. So what they, what some Redditors did was say, Hey, look, there's a short sell coming up where uh, hedge funds have got to pay back the GameStop, uh, like, hundreds of thousands, I don't know how many shares, but a lot of shares of GameStop, GameStop, and it's right now it's trending at 20 bucks. If we can all band together and drive the price up, it's going to make Wall Street have to pay, or these hedge funds pay a lot of money 
And they decided, hey, let's let's do this. So you guys have seen it on the news. It went from like $20 all the way up to $455. Well, what that means for these hedge funds is they thought that they were going to buy it lower than 20 bucks, But now they've got to pay $455, and that's going to bankrupt a lot of them. So it was a big kind of like screw you to the to Wall Street from the common people. Well, it was Yay. going. Yeah, you got, are you guys following? Does that make sense so far? Yeah, that was a good explanation. I had no idea why why it was a big yeah. deal. So. Yeah. <laughs> so what really made people mad was Robinhood and a lot of other apps where people buy stocks said you can't buy any more of GameStop. You can sell it, but you can't buy it. And what that does is it drives the price of that stock down. And in doing so, uh, it makes it uh, cheaper for those hedge funds to buy those stocks. Instead of paying the $455, they're paying a considerable uh, less for that. And it ended up being like, I think today it closed uh, around 230 And so instead of paying $455 for a stock, they can pay 230 because these apps wouldn't let the common people buy the stock. So there's an outrage of that and people are really, really upset. And now I, from what I saw, the last thing I heard, and I've been tuned into this all day, is like the SEC is getting involved. There's going to be like federal um, uh, investigation on all this stuff. And it's just really frustrating to show you how much that Wall Street is rigged. Even when the common man just tries to buy stocks, they're not able to do it. And what Robinhood and all these other apps said was, we're here to protect you. We think that you're making a bad decision buying all these stocks because it's going to come crashing down and people are putting in a lot of money and we want to protect you so that you don't lose money, which is horse crap. It, it's at the end of the day, it's they're protecting the hedge fund managers and Wall Street and these these companies that loan Wall Street and hedge funds money. So it's a big thing. It really, really ticks me off. Um, but after hours, there's some other apps that are allowing you buy it. And so now it's starting to go back up. And hopefully tomorrow when everything is kind of cleared, the, those stocks will go up and allow the people to kind of give it to Wall Street a little bit. Maybe have a DRE to Wall Street. How about that? There we go. <laughs> hey, there's your, there's your, uh, title for the show too <laughs> that's a good one yeah, yeah well, but hey um alan shaler says that uh robin Hood said that they would open it back up tomorrow in a limited way as far as the, those stocks hmm. and i did see that on the news uh this evening before the, this recording as well okay so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens yeah sure. uh, the thing is no one was going to be buying gamestop before right. this like right. this is nobody a, uh, no one who's a smart quote quote investor is going that direction because yeah. <laughs> it's a failing company. Yeah. And that's so I, I get that there's gotta be on. some protection here for the system a little bit. Uh, I read, I read the, I read a Tom Clancy book that actually covered this a little bit. So I feel like I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Ooh, come on, expert. <laughs> and it's basically the plot of this was some, some people basically rigged some software because a lot of us run digitally. Like it's all like algorithms mm-hmm. and, and they, Basically, we're able to fool the system into making a bunch of trades that normally wouldn't happen and, like, basically crashed the market. Hmm. It was a foreign t- attack. It was a Tom Clancy book, but I forget the name of the book. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but, the, like, the State Department or, you know, the government had to step in and, like, fix Wall Street because it was going to bankrupt everybody. So yeah. there, there's a – there's sticking it 
but there's this, if it shows a weakness in the system, it can be exploited by foreign governments even, you know? So, well, I mean, but even just watching the news, I saw just a straight up guy on Fox news, a, an expert, uh, just say, well, the, the wrong people are making money and the wrong people was these small time amateur investors. Like, I mean, it, even from, from the news perspective, it's, oh, these bad people are trying to buy all the stock and rise it up and really screw up the stock market. People are just trying to make money. Like, there's people that have put, like, have made, like, 50 grand and put it down on a house and be able to, to do things they've never thought that they would be able to do before because they're, you know, trying to play the market and play the odds. And for a good time, if you would have gotten out at $455 a share, you would have made some money, some legit yeah, money. Right. So, because it was like, like I said, 20. I bought some AMC stock for $2.90 and it's up to, uh, I think it got up to 21, but now I think it's down to 15 or uh, so. But that's still a good chunk of money. If you buy, you <laughs> I'd know. be dumping it right now. This is going to change. <laughs> I think it's going to go up. I think, if especially if Robin Hood's saying that they're going to open it up. You think it's going to go back up? Gum. And the and the thing is, is that they have to sell the, uh, the hedge funds have got to buy all these stocks back tomorrow because February first is the deadline. So mm. to to um, recoup their funds, so they have to buy all these stocks back at that price. So somehow, I mean, they're going to lose money, but just how much is going to be up to Robinhood and all those other folks to do it? So I got to ask, how is that any different from when these same hedge fund guys were betting against the real estate market? Selling bad loans to companies, right? Mm. Yep. And everybody yep. took a bath on it. You know, people were losing their, their homes and their shirts off their back. So what's the difference? I think in this case, you got the average guy trying to get his leg up. Mm-hmm. And the powers that be just don't want to let it happen. It's just a, it's a piss poor reflection of, of not just uh, capitalism, but greed. And, oh, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure where to go with that. It's just so much. And even the just a proof that maybe the free market really isn't free. You know, if mm. if they if it was really free, they would say, well, you 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 do what you want. You buy what you want to do. And I know Fidelity, they had that same uh, same mentality. They never stopped selling um, GameStop or AMC or shut anything down. And even with Robinhood, there's so many stocks that you can't buy. They just put a freeze on it all. Mm. So it's really interesting. Speaking of interesting guys, uh, there is a newspaper in Whitley, Kentucky. You say, where is Whitley, Kentucky? It is the east part of Kentucky. It's Appalachia area. And they, it's just a little, little paper in a little town, but they have, they have one of the best things going now. And it's called speak your peace. And it's not P E A C E. It's P-I-E-C-E. And, and what they do is they have basically a answering machine. And they will allow people to just call this answering machine, vent their, their piece, and then they just print it. Which, in East Kentucky, is brilliant. Let me read you guys just a few of the speaker piece. And so this will be a new bit for the show the Mountain Eagle Speak Your Peace, and you can go to mountaineagle.com, and I think you could just search it and find it, but <clears throat> in Whitley, Kentucky. So here we go. 
to the women to the to the women of Letcher County, if your husband is disappearing and you can't exactly tell where he's been, I can tell you where he's been. Right over on Rock House is a cemetery, and I put wildlife camera there to see who's vandalizing the cemetery. And ho 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 to all the people I see there. Three I know are married men. People, I would find some other place to fool around before you end up in bad trouble. What? Oh! Wow. Mm. All right, here's the other. <laughs> to the punk who told me to call him a communist to his face, maybe one day you will get your wish. I think I can come up with a good cure for your diarrhea of the mouth. Burn. Ooh, burn. And in, in the same, uh, his response was, in response to the comment about being called a communist to your face, you are a communist. Watch the next four years, you communist. <laughs> oh, these are, I mean, there's, there's classic. I wish somebody would impeach me. I don't want to work anymore. The end. <laughs> I'm sure that's I got how two. it works, right? <laughs> Do what? Yeah, right. Is that how that works? <laughs> All right, I got two more. And to the fat slobs in Mudtown who are always hollering about what they are going to do to me, you better jump in real quick because you're not invisible. Anything you can do can be done back at you. Some of these just don't make sense, but come on. All right, last but not least, which is this one's my, can you uh, cue that music again? The DRE music? Which music? Oh, yeah, you got it. You got it, man. To Donna, I want you to know that you will always hold a special place in my heart. Remember all those good times we had in Blair Branch? Let's do it again someday. <laughs> Bye. There you go. And that's Speak mm. Your Peace. Wow. This is a Whitley Kentucky County, Mountain Kentucky. newspaper. It is a Kentucky Mountain newspaper. I'm from wow. Kentucky, so I can say, um, but hey, buddy. Y'all got some good stuff going on. How many of those did you write? That's the real question. Zero. I mean, (laughs) you can go to that site and you can pull them out yourself. Now, I did subscribe. I mean, it's astronomical how much they're charging. $26 for the entire year of online subscription. $26. Well worth it, my friends. That's a good deal. Absolutely. That's worth it right there. Uh, Producer Brian, you wanted to talk about pizza. Yeah, this is kind of out of left field probably, but so apparently, you know, Pizza Hut announced a new offering, Detroit style pizza. Raise a hands. Who knows what Detroit pizza is? I Nobody. think it's just pizza that was found on the side of the road. It's, a, <laughs> it's got glass in it. Probably. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. So people are like, what it's the heck is, long. What what the heck is Detroit style pizza? Because nobody, I think, outside of the Great Lakes has any idea what they're mm-hmm. talking about. Because you think it's a type of deep dish, but when yeah. you look at the picture, it looks like a Sicilian pizza. You know, it's a Sicilian pizza, right? It's basically yeah, it's it's like all crust and a little bit of cheese on top. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same idea, or it's just a rip off. It's a square Chicago pizza, maybe. I, makes no sense. I was just curious if anyone or if anyone in the chat even knows what the heck a Detroit style pizza is that hasn't already seen a commercial, you know, mm. I think it's just square, yeah. a square it's Chicago square. pizza. Maybe. Yeah. When I lived in St. Louis, we had Emo's pizza 
and it was just, uh, you know, a square, um, or it was a circle, but it was cut into squares, but it had this different type of cheese on it, but it was the best pizza growing up. And I don't remember oh. what the kind of cheese it is, but it was, you've mm, talked about, I think it's so good Actually, yeah. I'm gonna, real quick. See what, so what's would, would anybody get the Detroit style pizza? I feel like you're going to get shot if you get that. Yeah, the, uh, this headline I just found says, Pizza Hut launches Detroit-style pizza, and America says, huh? <laughs> They're just making stuff up. All, all I can think of is maybe, maybe it's like the football team where, you know, it just, it just Peter runs and never never really accomplishes anything. I, I don't know. It's just a square, it's a square <clears> deep <throat> dish Detroit pizza. That's all I can you lose the a main... tooth and a pothole on that pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go to some wacky news brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you need a quality cigar at a reasonable price, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. DeWan, you've had Watchman Cigars, correct? Yes, very, very smooth, very good cigar. Um, can't wait to get some more. All right, I'm, I'll send you some. I'm, I'm sustaining from uh, smoking until uh, the weather gets better. Okay, we'll wait right until it gets nice. Yeah, especially, yeah, yeah, it's a little cold. Like I just got yeah, an order yeah. in because I hadn't had a cigar in a couple of months. I was like, I just, I just want a cigar. So I sat outside. Like I didn't last. I forget what night it was, Saturday or Sunday. Like I, made, I built a fire, so it was a little warmer. But as soon yeah. as the fire went out, I was like, man, it's cold out here. <laughs> totally worth it. Yeah, it's in the twenties up here, so it's extremely Ooh. cold. So Oof. yeah, no, no. Uh, all right, let's go right. some wacky news. Here we go. All right, so, um, if, as, I mean, most of us have probably been to a child's birthday party. There's usually some kind of theme. You know, my kids mm-hmm. have had, like, Mickey Mouse. They've had Disney princess parties. You name it. Depending on the age, you know, when I was a kid, I had a Batman, a Superman, whatever. Okay. You know, your cakes decorated. Well, um, this mother says that her toddler is obsessed with not a cartoon character or animated person. It's she's obsessed with a personal injury lawyer <laughs> that's on TV commercials. Oh, so here's the article before uh, Grayson could walk or talk. He made it clear that his family couldn't bother him when Morris Bart commercial was on TV Bart is a personal injury lawyer in New Orleans and Grayson's favorite person in the world. So when it came time to choose a theme for his second birthday, his mom knew just what to do. So they had like a 20, you know, family and this, you know, the kids birthdays are all about the parents, not about the kids necessarily. It's a party, you know, Um, but basically there's a picture of a cake and they got like, you know, you get your picture printed on top of a cake at like Mm -hmm. the grocery store. This lawyer's face is on this kid's (laughs) birthday cake. There's a cutout. And like framed pictures here. Oh my goodness! Of a personal injury lawyer. I think they even like played commercials like on the TiVo <laughs> or something for the entertainment. Like we always would do like the music from the show during the party. Just because sure, it's, yeah. it's fun. So they've got you know the commercial playing on repeat in the background. Why does he like him so much? You think? I don't know. Maybe it's his real dad. Who knows? <laughs> it's the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What's the uh, what's the best child's birthday party you had? I remember, like, I, I had the McDonald's one, and, but I was disappointed because Ronald McDonald never showed up. But then I realized, like, I'm scared of clowns, so that's probably a good thing. So, did you guys ever had it at, have it at McDonald's? I did it at Chuck E. Cheese. 
Ooh. Oh, yeah. Back dude, in the day. Yeah. Dude, those little animatronic things, they freaked me out, too. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, like Showbiz Pizza. Like mm-hmm. the, yeah, I got bought by Chuck E. Cheese. Cheese, yeah. About yeah well, we had Showbiz here in Charlotte. Was, yeah. It was the same thing. Yeah. The, the best birthday party I ever had, uh, kid birthday party, when I found out it wasn't my kid. And I just, uh, <laughs> it was, um, it was rough because that little guy was ugly. <laughs> he fell out the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. I'm just like, <laughs> Did you get a my, card in the mail? Big mama told me. Big mama told me. She said, that ain't your baby. I'm sorry. You know. Did you get a card that says, 80s. congratulations, you're not the father? It was the late 80s, you know. You're sure. Okay. Yeah. You know. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a conservative show. I'm sorry. No, it, it's fine. <laughs> we've talked about butts. We're, you're good. Uh, yeah, there's there's no un... Yeah, we've, we've already fallen off the chains here, so yeah, we're the good. rails. Well, yeah. that, was, that was just humor. Uh, Actually, we we was so poor growing up, you know. I think the best the best party we had was my mom took us down to KFC to lick other people's fingers. It was just like, oh, 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 oh. I was like, I was like, mommy, I think he's been scratching something. <laughs> he just had a DRE. You just gave a DRE. Yeah. Wow. Oh man. All right. Anything else? Pretty. Oh surprising? yeah, I got a couple more here. So. Uh, there's some articles circulating about, uh, there's a, apparently there's a button on the desk of the president, like a little red yep. button you can press and it's not to like launch nuclear weapons. No. Nope. Um, it's been there forever, but Trump used his to order diet Coke <laughs> and, and there was, really? so here's, here's my Does thing anybody, about Raise your hand if anybody believes that was for diet Coke. I, no, it was for maybe it was some. <laughs> or maybe it was with Bacardi in it. I don't know. They say what? Well, it might have been opened already. I don't know. Anyway, what's, here's what's getting me. You know, the, the news, like political news, has gotten so boring this week that this is what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. there was a, the White House had to release a statement because apparently there was a picture circulating and the button was gone. Mm-hmm. So the White House had to release a statement saying, no, the button is still there. It's just not being used for Diet Coke. What do you think it's being used for? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Viagra. Geritol? Mm. That's possible. Yep. This is the news, people. <laughs> let's, let, let's be clear, though. Would you rather be speculating on uh, what's the red button for or our president calling Kim Jong-un Rocket Man? Right. Well, sure. This is... Back to normal. We have boring. We have a boring president. People. Right. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah. So that's that was you know that's the news this week. But mm. um, speaking of Coke, mm. you know, you know the worst thing not the Coke, not DeWan's Coke. Not, no. um, <laughs> um, the Is worst thing the in the morning. Don't you the hate? Show, by the way, the what? Yeah. DeWan's Coke. Yeah, Chapo almost got pardoned, but you know that's another story. <laughs> You know, you know, the one thing I hate about waking up every day, you know, you, have, you get up and you have to, you know, go through the process of making coffee mm-hmm. just so you can pour it in your morning soda, right? Your you free lunch that? coffee. Yeah, your free lunch coffee. You got to pour it, you know, you got to make it so you can put it in your morning soda, right? Mm-hmm. Anyone else do that? Put no. coffee in your soda? No. no. Well, America is just now catching on, but Coke is releasing its 
Coca-Cola with coffee. It's an actual product. There's different flavor. It's yeah. Coke. There's three I can see on the picture is three flavors. Caramel, vanilla, and a dark blend. Yeah. Coca-Cola with coffee. Real thing. Apparently it's been a it's a big a big hit in Asia for a very long time. Well, it's just not catching on or not catching on. They're selling it because they made COVID. I people have nowhere to go now. Just might as well buy Coke with coffee in it. Yeah. What do you would you guys try that? Does that look sound interesting at all? No. Well, I, I don't imagine Pepsi I mean, it's a drink this, coffee. Have you seen it? I remember Pepsi did the same thing back in the um the nineties. It was called Pepsi Kona. What? And yeah, if you get a chance, Google it. And um like K O N A something. This was like this was, I, I remember I drank a 16 ounce bottle and I was up for four days. It wow. was so much caffeine in that thing. Um, huh. it, 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 it was, huh. it was before I think Red Bull and all this other stuff came out, mm. these energy drinks, but so, yeah, if you get a chance, look it up. I think it's called uh, Pepsi. Kona. I just did. Here's the fun fact for that. It was the test market for that was Philadelphia. Mm. <laughs> and I don't think it ever got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> the government put, puts the crack in, and Pepsi puts in the Pepsi-Kona. Oh, yeah, so the only gosh. thing I remember about Pepsi in the 90s was that clear Pepsi. Oh, that was the best. Yeah, yeah. What? Tropical chill Pepsi? They might as well just call it. That's Cairo syrup. That's not Pepsi. That, that tropical chill Pepsi. I would drive my dad nuts oh, trying God. to get that stuff. Tropical day, chill day. Pepsi? What is that? Mm-hmm. It was like Pepsi with like um, you know tropical flavors in it. Huh. Have you ever been it's to delicious. the Coca-Cola factory down in Atlanta? Mm-mm. You guys remember traveling? Mm-mm. Well, back in the when day. I was a kid, you know, you go down and you take a tour of the Coke, Coke plant or the, it's the tourist version. And they've got like a hundred different taps from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I want to try this stuff. So, and they've mentioned one of like the Italian um, mm-hmm. versions. And I think it, just to say it's very different. So, you know, like 12 year old me goes over to try this stuff. It's like clear. It is the nastiest thing I've ever had. Mm. It's just like it, the point is it different tastes around the world. Sure. You know, everyone likes yeah. things a little different, but it's so you know what's weird. good is that um, Mexican Coke and then the uh, throwback Pepsi where they use that real sugar oh, instead yeah. of the high fructose yeah. corn syrup. That that's pretty good. I was thinking something completely different with Mexican Coke. Is <laughs> no, it Dewan's like, Coke? Wait, what, right. what are we? All right. No, sorry. Yeah, we're going branded. Be careful. I don't want the parcels coming after me. That's the wine's right. cool. What are you doing? What? Guys. You're cutting into our business. Diablo Moyo. I eat those yeah. meals. All right, folks. That's the wacky news. If you guys have anything you want to submit for the show, email me at headlines at sfpradio.com. There you go. All right. So we are going to go into our special guest, Producer Brian. And now, our feature presentation. Brought to you by Operation Decisive Victory, a 501c3 that helps our veterans. Please check them out at OperationDV.com. We want to welcome to the show, thank you for tuning in earlier, but this is Dewan Curse. He is a friend of mine. Uh, Dewan, you've got a fantastic story. Uh, You may have recognized him from his uh, one episode in the 80s of the great Nickelodeon show Double Dare. 
you may recognize him from that. Otherwise, you probably don't know him at all. So, Tawad, <laughs> 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 welcome to the show, well, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I, uh, you know, we've we've talked about this for some time, and you know, my our schedules just couldn't sync up. So I'm really excited. You know, um, I even I changed my underwear. I washed today, all in. in in preparation for today's show. Hey, you know, DeWan's better happen. prepared than you were. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. But, uh, yeah. But thank you for having me. Man, thank you for, for coming on. You my you met my wife at um, Eastern University in Philly, and um, you guys hit it off. And then she would come home from uh, from classes, and she would just keep telling me stories and stories. I was like, we've got to hang out because she's like, you guys would be perfect. So the we finally got to go. I went up for graduation. We finally got to hang out. We ended up that night going to the <laughs> casino. And it was my first time. And I'll never forget, like you just straight big baller went up to the to the blackjack table, put down like two hundred dollars, walked away with five hundred dollars in five minutes. I'm like, how the hell did you do that? And I was just like floored. Meanwhile, I'm putting it all on black. I won seven dollars, and I'm running around like I just hit the lottery. It was fantastic. Uh, it was we had a great time. <laughs> had I specifically time. remember. I, I specifically remember JT going, "Yeehaw! We go, we got surfing turn, baby!" <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm going to put that in your tombstone if you go before me. <laughs> and we had such a great time it was it was like we hit it off right away it was like family and um my roots are in the south right my family's from south carolina i'm always down there seems like except lately so whenever i have a chance to hang out with some southern folks mm-hmm. i tell you it's, it's like i think it's a, um i don't know how to describe it but it's almost like it's almost like we're all distant relatives, which we yeah. are technically, right? People from the, from the north probably migrated from the south and vice versa. But we, we always refer to the south as going home. Like, you know, my mm. aunts would call me, you coming home? You coming home? I'm like, I'll be home. Don't worry, I'll be there. So mm. it, it's, uh, it's, always, it's always interesting. Do people still have that same, like, I'm coming home in the north as they do in the south? No, it's, it's not the same. Um, what I can, what I can say, I, I think the stark contrast between the North and the South, and I think a lot of Northerners have yet to really receive it, is that I think the, the further North you go, the colder people become mm-hmm. in terms of of how they treat one another. Like people can be that fake nice to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Act like you're really, and I won't. I won't say that of all Northerners. But what I'm saying is, typically, you know where you stand if you go somewhere in the South. You know, people tend to love you, and if they don't love you, they'll tell you. Right. But either way, it's more of a, um, it's a bigger community. Like, jeez, uh, I feel like I'm starting to ramble. Yeah. All right, here's a here's a here's a perfect example. When you go to church in the South. We all go to the same church. It might be in the same neighborhood or same region or same parish or whatever the case. But it's, it's, you'll see a, a very integrated church, unless it's like one of these mega churches in like Atlanta. That's another story. Yeah. But up north, there's people of all the same denomination, but different churches. So, for example, um, 
Catholic church up here. If you're in the inner city, there's a Spanish mass. And I can understand it because sometimes there's a language trans, a language mm-hmm. barrier. But then there might be a regular mass for English people, speak, speaking folks in the city. And then there might be one for the Haitians. But if mm-hmm. you separate that and you go outside of the, the inner city and just um, to the churches, to different Catholic churches in the region, they're really segregated by race. And that's one of those things people don't talk about. Hmm. But, you know, everybody's praying to the same God. So it's like, well, and that kind of, I bring that up and use that as an example because it actually plays out in society as well. You know, you have these these pockets and these microcosms of uh, groups of people. So um, I grew up in Camden, New Jersey. And <clears throat> when I was growing up, you had the Hispanics on one side, the blacks on another, and the whites on the other. And it was to the point where um, I was forced to go to a school across town as part of a desegregation program. They say it was too many Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. in one side of town, too many blacks on the other. And um, it, it's different. It's very different from the, from the South, and it, which is kind of weird because when you think about the history of, you know, the South and segregation and, and Jim Crow and all that other stuff, you think like, oh, wow, Jesus Christ. Like, but it's, it's, it's very similar, but it's different to this day, and which is kind of weird. I'm, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, we see that in, 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 the, in the churches in the South. Like, there's the black church okay. and there's the white church and there's... Right you know, the Hispanic service, but we even break it down further. Uh, there's the, uh, the old style worship and then the contemporary service. <laughs> so, Cause we don't like the new songs. You got the nine and the 1030. They're yeah, a little the different. Nine and 1030. One's got drums. Yeah. Don't, don't play that. It's gotta be Oregon. We're all Oregon here. All Oregon all the time. Um, but I mean, we see that and, but I think the difference is, and, and I don't know the North, but I know in the South, like at least for, mm-hmm. for me and where I grew up is there was respect for the black church and there was respect for the white church. And, and oftentimes at the church I went to, we would, we would co-mingle with each other. So we would, you know, have services together and we would, and I, and to be honest, like, I didn't like that service. Cause that was the one that took like nine, nine hours. I'm like, I, I need to get to like lunch at 12 There's o'clock. a potluck yeah. afterwards, right? Like every week. There was right? a potluck on those, yeah. And then and <laughs> that would stay for that. But I would have to eat prior to the church service to make it through the potluck because that was a long service. You'd like an yeah. intermission potluck. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a feeling. I remember God, my mother was a Sunday school teacher, and I used to be like, "Mom, we'd be in church all day." I'd be like, "Mom, I just want to go to hell." Can we? Needless <laughs> <laughs> oh. to say, I got beat for that. <laughs> yeah, clearly, um, but, I, I do want to talk. I mean, we're we'll just be honest and open. And I think one thing mm-hmm. that I love about our show is we're, we're transparent. We are who we are, and we love each other, and, yep. and you know, we're like that. But you grew up in Camden, um, and and. It was in the 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 subsidized housing, yeah. right? Tell us about that because we're we're a bunch of three white guys. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting we talk about that, right? So I grew up. Uh, I, I'd say, I think I'd say the eighties and early nineties was like, uh, you, you know, <laughs> there's life before you really realize what was happening in life. So I'd say you start becoming conscious of your surroundings. 
like maybe eight, nine ish, you know? Um, and when I think about when I was eight, nine, that's like, uh, 1982, 83, maybe. So by the time I was 10, which was 84, cocaine and crack started moving in mm. and we grew up in a row house actually um our neighborhoods were nice and it wasn't like you see today where it was it was like you didn't know you were poor unless you know you went somewhere where rich people were you know what i mean it was just like yeah. uh we didn't have and that just was normal right so yeah. my mom didn't have a car we lived downtown there all the major transportation so we didn't need a car and okay. all the shopping was there. And it was like, um, in hindsight, it was actually a pretty good place to be. But once once I think the, the drug culture and epidemic happened, <clears throat> everything changed dramatically. Um, unlike places like Chicago and L.A. and um, maybe even Detroit, we didn't have gang culture. Like, you didn't have Crips and Bloods and Gangster Disciples and vice lords and all that other stuff but what happened was like most urban areas those those drug sets were formed out of neighborhood kids that were introduced to making a lot of money really fast hmm. so by the time i think i was maybe 12 or 13 12 you know at the time i was 12 a lot of my friends were knee deep in selling drugs and they were making at 12 years old probably $2,500 a week easily. Wow. And a lot of those guys, by the time they were like 20, might've had eight, $900,000 or more mm. cash. And now we start, <clears throat> now we start evolving into the community that is into the impact of that, the need to retain territory and all that other stuff. Now, my my brother and I, we navigated around all that other stuff. See, like I said, unlike those other places, there wasn't any pressure of like, oh, you better join this gang or we'll kill you. Mm -hmm. But the 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 big issue was the temptation. The temptation was always there. Now I was I was fortunate enough where I got a job washing dishes after school for a guy who played for the Eagles. His name was Kenny Jackson. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. I had I had a lunch with his uh, ex wife uh, today. And we were talking about how how we how I avoided a lot of that stuff. And, I, and yeah. then she asked me, she says, well, what do you think was the main contributor? And I told her, I said, well, looking back, I would have to say I was introduced to diversity at an early age. And I think mm -hmm. that diversity spawned something inside of me to seek more uh, diversity, meaning diverse in my thinking, uh, who I, who I hang out with, different cultures, whatever the case, because, you know, in my neighborhood, it was all black. We had, a, like, you know, sprinkles of Hispanics, but not a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and then there was the white side of town where, you know, we didn't go because we just didn't go. And it wasn't because it was like this, this kind of societal beef or anything. It was just that most of the businesses and things that we, we went to were kind of right there where we were. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we didn't have, like I said, we didn't have a car. So, you know, but anyway, so as, uh, as I got older and being uh, introduced to diversity early age, <clears throat> then I started branching out to, uh, 
talking to Asian kids at school and hanging out, hanging out more um, Hispanics and, and, and then my Italian friends, I started hanging out with them. To which case, like my one friend, she starts to say, you, you know, you're, you're really Italian with a dark tan. I'm like, oh, shut up. You know? <laughs> because, because I don't refer to spaghetti sauce. You know, most of, most, most of the times refer to it as gravy. And uh, uh. so, you know, some of those things, some of those, those minor uh, things I picked up along the way that kind of helped me, uh, I guess, I don't want to say, I don't want to say assimilate, but, but kind of break into other groups to hang out with. So when I, when I went to the mall or when I hung out after work, I, I hang out with anybody. I, I, I had a diversity in music and I think music brings a lot of people together. Mm-hmm. So I was introduced to like Guns N' Roses and Metallica and Led Zeppelin <laughs> and, and uh, uh, groups like Extreme and, and R.E.M. And you don't realize growing up in, a, in an urban environment because everything is like R&B. And then I grew up in a time when rap started coming about. So my my parents' generation, they definitely wasn't listening to that. So, you know, I, I had a very well-rounded palette of music. And that takes you into different circles. So, you know, once you're able to hold conversations about, you know, things that people assume you might not know about, and then you kind of break that ice and start talking about, oh, yeah, well, you know, I think the, I think the best grave is made by, you know, uh, Prego if it's going to be store-bought. Versus ragu, what that stuff tastes like trash. So yeah, and, and it, it's, it's, it's those icebreakers that kind of break down the barriers that people may have apprehension about. Yeah. So I was very fortunate in that aspect because I, I kind of once I that door was open for me, I just kept going through other doors. Like okay, well, this is how the Vietnamese friends, this is what they do, and this is how they refer to uh, talk about certain things. Like try stuff like. Balut. If you ever, if you don't know what balut is, look it up. B a l u t, and yeah, <laughs> but I will say this. You know, like I said, being able to try different things, go different places, and then that kind of opens your thinking up. So mm. everything's not one side. Ruth and I we were talking about this earlier. You know, this country is a whole lot of gray area. But everybody wants to be one extreme or the other. Either you yeah. got to be fully conservative or fully liberal. You know, when the reality is there's things I'm very ultra conservative about. There's things I'm very liberal about. Mm-hmm. But I think it's having that discernment to understand what works for me and why it works for me. Yeah. Whereas our country is just heading to this place where, you know, we can't say, oh, um, we're black and and uh, Anthony's Italian, and his family's very proud, just like we're very proud, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's always like, oh, well, everybody wants to be number one. That's that's, and we we really need to break away from this individualism and get back to, mm-hmm. you know, I guess one dysfunctional family because <laughs> that's really <laughs> what we are. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine, and like. I'm a Kentucky fan and he's a North Carolina Mm -hmm. fan, but like, if we just come to the point of saying, Hey, we really just are passionate about basketball. We both really like it. And we, you know, we root for our team, but overall just the sport in itself is awesome. Like if we can have just a common uh, landing pad for that and then, you know, talk about our differences, then okay. I think that's easier than my team's better or my team's better or my, my, uh, political parties better and or yours at the end of the day i honestly think both sides really love this country we just have different ways of getting there right of making it better 
I think there's a lot of people out there that are really tired of the extremes kind of running the show. There's a lot of people that are in the middle that just kind of want to get back to where, okay, you you have thoughts that are a little bit different than mine, but whatever. <laughs> Let, let's go have a beer or let's go have a coffee or whatever. I think there's a lot of people that are really tired of the divisiveness that, that we've, yeah, that, that our country has happened. I think that's due to a lot of censorship and political correctness, right? Mm -hmm. If we rewind the arts and entertainment, uh, say 30, 40 years, 40 years, do you remember? Well, you might be a little too, you might be a little younger than me, but there was a show called All in the Family with Carol (laughs) O'Connor. I remember that. Archie Bunker. Yeah, I've heard heard of that. Now, if if you look at some of the topics and language, And you know what I mean? Between that and the Richard Pryor show and, and the Jeffersons, Richard I mean, it Pryor. was like a free fall. But, yeah. you know, people felt empowered to kind of speak their mind while ultimately you kind of you kind of knew the core of your neighbor, if you will. Like, uh, let me put it this way. You know, I might not like something somebody say. Right. Or or. Maybe I don't like my neighbor because he 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 cuts his grass seven o'clock in the morning every Saturday and it gets on my nerves, right? <laughs> right. But that doesn't mean if he was in a car accident, I'm going to drive past him and leave him on the ground, right? And that's what I, when I when I talk about the core of a man, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. Now it's like uh, between these. Um, I'm trying to use my words carefully because I don't want to sound uh, divisive, but. Some of these groups, rather it be LGBTQ, rather it be uh, BLM, rather it be uh, left, the right, whatever, they, they want everybody in this mindset of, oh, you've offended me, and everything is so offensive. Mm-hmm. And granted, I think there there has to be some decorum on how we, we engage one another. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with with my, with my uh, white friends, and, and we're really close, <laughs> I feel like, and I always tell them, I'm like, you know, you should be able to say what's on your mind and not not tiptoe around it. Like mm-hmm. one of my buddies, he always say, "No, Dwan, I saw this African American guy, and I'm like, oh, oh, you mean a black guy? <laughs> you know, like, are we really at that point now where you know?" And and I told him, I said, "See, I think that's, but that's that's where he felt like he don't want to kind of." you know, tread on me, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, hold on, John, Jonathan, we're friends. Like, I know you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, don't, don't feel like you need to tip time. Come, come at me with something. If something's on your mind, and we'll yeah. talk about it. And even if we argue about it, if we, well, by the time we leave, it's not going to be a situation where I'm like, I hate this guy. I'm yeah. going to kill him tomorrow, you know? And, I, and right. that's where our country's at. It's like, yeah. you can't say anything to anybody without folks getting too, too far, um, offended but it's different times too you know it's like a, i think it's a generational thing where um a lot of younger people are a little more are a lot more conscious of how uh and i, and I think i might go back to the whole bullying thing i don't know I'm, i might get off on tangents so, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that there's some legitimacy to that is i think that we it, it's kind of a both end as well right mm-hmm. like we have to be sensitive of other people's thoughts and feelings and and where they're at but at the other hand, there is the truth of, right. you know, you know, you are black. I mean, that's we're white. Like we understand that it's okay, <laughs> you know. And I mean, there are those facts that that are just yeah. they are what they are. Yeah. But that's no excuse to be like, oh well, I don't, 
all all blacks are whatever all whites right. are you know this so um yeah we have to be sensitive of that and, that's a great segue though because uh we are shaped by our life experiences absolutely and you you can't discount what somebody's been through because they're mm-hmm. going to internalize it um i recently found out a, a, a friend of mine uh his wife was attacked Right years ago, mm-hmm. she was she was telling us, and um, it kind of and and you know and, and I had to ask her because you know she was telling the story about you know you know when some guy tried to attack her you know in a parking garage or whatever, and she she told the story without going into details about the race of the man. So I asked mm-hmm. her point blank. I says, "Well, was it a black guy?" And she said, "Yeah, it was." And then I told her, I says, "Now how did that, how did that make you feel?" for a while because i know how i would feel mm-hmm. you know what i mean like re- even if even if you took the racial component out of it and she was attacked by a white guy she still would feel some way about being attacked mm-hmm. however i think when you start talking about stereotypes when you talk about what the media portrays when you start talking about a lot of these things rather you be black latino whatever whatever stereotype is being jammed down everybody's throat via the media it's going to resonate with people who's had similar experiences and they're going to internalize that mm-hmm. now i think the hard part for everybody to do because we're really talking about post-traumatic we're really talking about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from a societal level right. we have to be able to say okay you know what i know this happened it's like with the police yeah i've, I've been profiled i've been I've been attacked by the police. Uh, one time, a trooper put his, his pistol in my mouth and told me to kill me. What? But, yeah. But I also have to realize that's not every police officer. Mm. Right. But that that trauma, right? That trauma you have to unpack. So when we start talking about um, things like how we how we deal with each other in society. People need to realize, yeah, this country has a lot of trauma, a lot yeah. of trauma. And until we start having the conversations about, okay, well, you know what, this is how we're going to try to get forward this. Maybe, uh, and, and I'm talking about from an individual, not so much a society, but, you know, that person that's attacked, do they need counseling? Do they need that that reaffirmation that, hey, you know what, this is a crazy one-off situation. This isn't everybody. And how do you mm-hmm. reaffirm that without constantly reaffirming that? Because now that sometimes does damage indirectly as well. How do you think we bring healing to the country as a society racially? Oh, um, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> An AMC stock. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Add a little game stop to that too. <laughs> no, no, no all, all, all seriousness. I think um, it's one of those uh, things where there have to be a change in the system itself, right? So we'll use police brutality as an example because I think that's the biggest thing with a lot of minorities, right? Um, There's a couple components here. First and foremost, I think there needs to be light shed on all police brutality, not just police brutality against minorities because Mm -hmm. statistically speaking, whites suffer from more police brutality than minorities. Think about that. Logically, we are... I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, if, if you look at the... Just the base numbers, right? If blacks make up, we'll say, maybe we'll say on high end, 13, 14% of this country. It's 18%. In terms of population. The 2019 census, I think. 
Yeah, so statistically speaking, we we can't possibly be the majority of brutality. You go to places like Utah and Kansas and Arkansas, you'd be surprised. Especially, There's more brutality in rural America than there may be in urban America. And suburban right. America, they just don't see none of it for the most part. Because <laughs> sure. now I'm serious because yeah, because of you, absolutely. There's been plenty of times, and um, we're in a well-to-do area. You know, cops will get behind me, run my tag, and just back off. Mm. It has everything to do with my zip code. It has nothing to do with me because my mm. windows are tinted, my music is loud, <laughs> and I'm just speeding down the highway. Right. But statistically speaking, um. There's there's a there's that, but then there's the portrayal, and I think what it is is it may be unjustly uh, in the black community or, or in a minority community because I can't just say blacks. I think it's mm-hmm. it, it's and it, and it's it depends on the region too. So, but when we start talking about healing, the best way to do is you have to start changing that system. You have to there has to be accountability and transparency. I think that's really the key to it all. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, if we're talking about how do we get everybody on the same page, it's not going to happen. Because mm-hmm. we could all let's let's just be realistic. Yeah. We could all be uh, beige, right? We all yeah. could be the same color in this country, and yeah. we still find a way to war. It's man's nature yeah. to just be divisive. I mean, it it, just, it really is. But if we're talking about coexisting. If we're talking about being able to reduce violence, if we're talking about uh, racial equality, I mean, there's things that we can do. And and I mean, we could really do. And I think that starts with each and every one of us, how we internalize some of our own biases. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because that's a that's a, because that's a that's a, a work in progress. I mean, I'm serious. Like I remember my one buddy Chris. <laughs> Uh, now, I remember when I first uh, started hanging out with him, my black friends were like, Yo, who's this guy? Why are you hanging out with him? You know, because we grew up in the city, and now my my palette of friends has grown. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people who still remain in the city, and they still deal with the same people day to day, they have the apprehension because they don't know what that person's intent may be. Mm-hmm. And the best way you can overcome that is be like, you know, you need advocates, Right, mm-hmm. you need people to say, "Hey, man, like, Chris is a good guy." You know what I mean? And then as they get to know Chris, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, yeah. So now it's like, hey, is Chris coming? Is Chris coming <laughs> to the party? Yeah. So and so I think that same approach of internalizing our own actions and being being able to check our own biases in the moment, mm-hmm. and even when we're alone or when we're our spouses, because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff kind of happens there. And with the children, children are sponges; they'll pick up stuff. Yeah. It could be a, a snide comment here or there and you know, um anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those those biases kind of uh fester in those children, they grow up. And then when they get to those ages where they get rebellious or whatever the case, I, I don't know. There's yeah. there's a lot of moving parts to it. A lot. And I think that's key is there's not one silver bullet that's gonna do it, right? right. I think the the key word to understand this is just there's so much nuance. If, yeah. you know, if you're talking about welfare, like we we think white folk for the majority, I would say is like, oh, that's for, for the black people. You know, it was started. If you really do your research, mm-hmm. it was started to help white women that um, that didn't have jobs that stayed at home. 
that's where it started yeah. from. Yeah, going um, to depression. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and statistically, more white people use welfare than black people. Um, yeah. So checking yeah, those I biases mean, and checking those numbers. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's and it's you also have to watch what you subscribe to in terms mm-hmm. of false narratives, right? Yeah. Um, it's those echo easy. again. Yeah, it, it, and it, again, it goes back to how we internalize things, our communities, and and what's being talked about there, and, and who's champion for what. I don't think people. I hope not. Anyway, I don't think the majority of people wake up and be like, "Hey, I'm going to hate that person today," or "I'm going to mm-hmm. be biased against that person today." I think it's situational bias that occurs, yeah. where you know, um, a lot of folks may retreat to what they think they know. Some folks may retreat to. A bad experience. Um, it, it, it's there was a woman, uh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember a few weeks back, the lady in New York accused that kid of oh, the yeah, jazz yeah. players for stealing her phone. Yeah, and you have to ask yourself, like, okay, so how did you get there? How did you how did you get to that point where you singled that one child out? Yeah, you know, did you and say, it, oh, black guy? You know, what I mean? yeah, <laughs> like. And- she was saying like, "Oh, I was stopping everybody that that was in that area." Like no. you were not. Like you had those yeah. those preconceived yeah, yeah. ideas. Yeah, and and again, and it could be it could be one of those um, inert things that uh, it's like it's like uh, I don't know. It, it's like one of those. Um, oh, geez, I'm having a brain fart now. <laughs> it's like one of the sleeper cells. You know, you don't know it's there until it's activated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I said, and that's that's with everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a difference between racism and prejudices. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have prejudices and they get auto assigned as racism. Mm-hmm. And there's a fundamental there's a serious difference. Like I've yeah. met some truly racist people. And that that kind of evil um it's you 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 can't imagine like 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 going back to to I was, I was 19 and I was driving down 295 in New Jersey and state trooper pulls me over and he pulls me out the car and he cocks his gun back and, and put it in my mouth and he says if I ever catch you down here I'll kill you to me that's evil man that's, that's racist that's very evil yeah. Right. Yeah. That's racism. Yeah. Now, there's there's no excuse for that. Yeah. No. Yeah. But he but, was trying to send a message, right? Sure. Now, and then you have prejudices where people may say, "All right, well, I'm building a team or I'm building a work crew, and I need to ensure that everybody gets along to get this job done. And maybe I got two candidates that are equal." in terms of qualifications, but I'm going to, uh, this guy, I don't like the way this guy looks. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to hire him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm not talking about racial. I'm just talking about the guy may come in with, uh, tattoos. With, tattoos with, yeah. I understand. You, you know that. what I mean? Like piercing, yeah. whatever. I always got yeah, picked last to kickball cause I was fat. I never got <laughs> the first one. I'm but it goes back to Mark Cuban point. Mark Cuban <laughs> made a point about, and they tried to crucify him for it. He said, you know, they said, Mark, if if you was walking down the street and a black kid with a hoodie, you know, was walking was walking towards you, what would you do? I cross the street. And then the black community stopped right there. That's all they heard. They said, yeah. Screw Mark Cuban, he's a racist. Right. But they didn't they didn't listen to the rest of, of what he was saying. He says, But if I seen a white guy with a bunch of tattoos and a bald head, I cross back over the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, now we're talking about 
prejudices and biases, which is different from racism. And, yeah. and it, it's, I think in America, um, we really need to learn how to separate the two. Right. Because now mm-hmm. it's like, if you disagree with something, I say, oh, you must be a racist. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus, yeah. versus, okay, well, why do you feel that way? Let's get sure. to the root well, of, yeah. okay. One thing okay, can well, be, there's a lack of like cultural understanding. Yes. And then there's a hate you because you look a certain way. Right. You know, right. like there's a cultural divide in white and black America just from the way we've been raised or like, oh, yeah. you know, if I don't <laughs> listen to your songs or, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I I pick on Magic Man like why do you got to park backwards in the parking lot you know like what what's that about right it's just these little things you know thing. <laughs> right and, and that that's just drives this like I don't know if it's the untrust or just little things that we just don't I don't know why you do it just, you're I don't so know why, scared it shouldn't of the upset me you don't know I think that's a it, great why does point. it upset me that this happens yeah. right yeah he's <laughs> afraid I'm going to do a wicked burnout and run him over yeah, I yes <laughs> I think you have a great great point is that you. you don't trust the things that are different than what you do. Right. And so there, yep. there's automatic, a, a, maybe not even a distrust, but like a, a sideways glance of why do you do it that way? Like even with my wife, like, yeah. why do you do this? Like that makes no sense. And there's a little bit of friction there. But if there's mm-hmm. more and more friction, the more you can't lean into that and, and realize that it's just a different way of doing it. Yeah, sure. Like I live <laughs> in a very diverse neighborhood. Like right. on my street, there's it's probably thirty like thirty percent white people, thirty percent blacks, and then thirty percent whatever's left. Other, you know, yeah. there's some Asians, there might be Hispanic on like it's just there's right. all, every you know it's very diverse area, and I, you know and things about I don't understand. There's a guy that lives across the street from me, I've talked to him once or twice, but he'll get up and just like walk down the street in the middle of the night, whether it's raining or not, and just like disappear <laughs> for an hour or two. And I'll be out smoking a cigar or something on the patio and like. Where's this dude going? He's going nothing he's down there. His like, girlfriend, he don't want his wife to find out. I guess he's going out of the cemetery. <laughs> right? He's going to the cemetery. Yeah, it's just little. It's like I don't have anything against this guy. I'm just wondering. I'm just curious. Yeah. What is what's driving you to do whatever yeah. you're doing in the middle well, of the night? You know, you know? these are strange times. You can't take that for granted either because right. you got folks just just acting out. But yeah. I, I think the real, the only what I what I believe personally is that uh, the only difference in this country is the haves versus the have-nots. Absolutely. And as long as, as, long as the haves can keep the have-nots hating each other. Mm. That's the story see, of Wall Street right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, not, so you, it's you, not about GOP and the left. It's about the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, what's the exactly. real minority in this country is the yeah. haves, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and it's, a, it's a club, mm-hmm. right? And once you get money, then it becomes a power thing. And but the, I mean, you know, we I, I say it all the time: left wing, right wing, same bird. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. And and that bird is to keep the rich rich. Yep. And if we can, if we if we can, if they can keep us fighting each other, you know, I mean, how many how many times have taxes gone up? Under both parties, mm-hmm. you know, um, the big, I was, uh, you know, I, I really liked President Obama when he was in office, but I didn't subscribe to all his policies. Mm-hmm. When he got rid of the Bush era tax cuts, we felt that and we felt mm-hmm. that hard. Yeah. And I think most middle class Americans felt that. Um, so, you know, but if I spoke out 
about that in my community. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, you know, that's Messiah. That's our Messiah. I'm like, no, man. Like, he's like every like every politician is something good and it's something bad. Yeah. And you have to kind of figure out what works for you. To me, um, it's, it doesn't matter who's in office. And, right. and let me just touch on this briefly. Um, and I, and I was saying this to uh, Ruthann earlier. I said, you know, if we look at most urban areas that are democratic, like like I said, I was born in Camden. New Jersey is a blue state historically. Nothing's changed. No matter who's president, no matter mm-hmm. who's governor, no matter who's mayor. So if if you wanted to blame a Republican president, what does that have to do with when the Democratic press was uh, when uh, we had a Democratic president? Mm-hmm. Well, and none of that has to do because we have always had a Democratic governor, with the exception of Christie. And then we've, you know, what I mean, and then we've had the city, which has never been Republican. So now I have to look at it from an economic standpoint. Be like, okay, so I'm voting blue every year, and what is changing? Mm-hmm. nothing yeah and and trying to get folks to realize that like hey listen you know sometimes you just get lip service you really need mm-hmm. to pay attention to the people in the community that's trying to make the change yeah and if somebody's a little bit closer to that that's what you need to get behind but for the most part you know rich people just come in exploit areas you know gentrification wouldn't exist if that wasn't the case you know right. yeah absolutely um, can we talk a little bit, and I don't know if we need to edit this, we can, but can we talk a little bit of the landlord diaries? Oh, okay. So, uh, geez, I guess it's been, it's been almost 20 years. Uh, it's when I got into real estate, um, back when the market was hot, started flipping properties and, and became a landlord and all that wonderful stuff. And I think when Facebook, when I first got on Facebook and I said, you know, let me create this group. So I would, I would, uh, I, I created the landlord diaries and it was, a, it was a great place for other landlords to come and discuss, uh, things that they might be seeing trends or tell stories or, you know, I wanted to make it fun and informative. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how that kind of spawned up. And I post stories and, and information. I haven't really been too heavy on it lately because I've, I've, I've taken a step back, um, and the timing has actually been pretty good because the moratorium is, is making yeah. it especially hard for landlords right now. But yeah, I kind of want to bring that up. One, it's funny. Like you've got some really funny stuff, uh, stories <laughs> and stuff out there. It's, it's insane. But how is that impacting you, the moratorium? Well, I actually liquidated most of my, most of my portfolio a couple of years ago. So okay. like I said, the timing kind of worked out uh, just fine. I might have one or two left, but gotcha. for the most part, my, my guys, are pretty good but i think i think as now this this goes back to us being human beings versus uh just chasing the almighty dollar i don't i don't i don't take pride in putting people out and i do everything in my power to avoid that um if somebody's getting behind because people they have a death in the family they could lose their job anything can happen that cause people to get delayed in the rent so i partner with a lot of agencies uh here in new jersey uh, landlord, I mean, eviction prevention, homeless prevention, a lot of social agencies. I got a lot of networks everywhere and we do everything we can mm-hmm. to ensure that, you know, people, uh, retain their housing. But 
unfortunately, you have people that just want to buck the system and they want to be irresponsible and you can't do nothing for those folks. So, you know, at that point, um, the black hand is administered. And uh, (laughs) that's That's what what they used to call me in Camden County Court because I've never (laughs) lost a case. You can bring your attorneys. It don't matter. Once I get you on the dockets, it's a done deal. Maybe we can get a two-year-old to have like your face on their, their Christmas, their cake, you know, their birthday oh, cake. Oh yeah. You're yeah. the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was this, there was a, there was this one judge, his name was a uh, judge Laskin. And uh, he was so fun. He retired. He was like, he might've been 82 years on the bench, you know, 82 years old. And it was on the bench before he retired. But every time uh, I'd, I'd go into court, which, which wasn't a lot, you know, he said, uh, uh, He'd be like, can you stand up? Then I'd be like, oh, I knew what he was going to do, so I'd stand up. And he was like, the black hand is in court, and uh, <laughs> if you have business with this man, I'm going to excuse you early so you can go handle it. <laughs> and it, uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, wow. You know, I, I've, I've had a good run with that. Yeah. What's your advice, last parting advice that you can give, like, to humanity, to um, to maybe the white community, the black community, what do you have to say? Well, um, we all have feelings. We all want to feel protected. We want, for men, we want to protect our families and be providers for women. They want to be loved. Our children want to feel safe. Um, I think we're all human and we all need to get back to just that basic decency of like, Hey, we can be different and still be together. Even if we're apart if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And if I could, if I could sum- summarize anything, it's, um, it's really just treat folks how you want to be treated all the time. You know what I mean? And that yeah. means mentally when you're not in that person's presence or you're in that moment where you have to, uh, internalize something before you externalize it. Mm-hmm. And for me, just being uh, married all these years, uh, I've I've come to learn that. Like, I I want things always my way around here. But mm-hmm. the reality is, you know, I'm not. <laughs> sure. I'm in a partnership, right? Yeah. And that's how we are in this country. We're all in a partnership mm-hmm. because, despite our 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 sorbid history, you know, um, we need each other. Absolutely. You know? I mean, and I'm talking about at a human level, mm-hmm. you know, the racial stuff people, like I said, we all could be the same color and there still would be division somewhere. Yep. You know, you have tribes in Africa that war, you had, you know, you had, uh, the Romans fighting the Greeks, right. Yep. You know, and like the Greeks were Puerto yeah. Rican. I mean, think about <laughs> someone brings you uh, fries when you order onion rings, you're going to get up on about it. Right. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fry guy personally. Yeah. I'm just saying, said, you know. Me too. Yeah, yeah. But you can you can have it all. You can have it all. And and yeah. if everybody just remember to just, you know, um, you know, have a drink, mm-hmm. you know, eat some good food and you know, I just relax. Yeah. Um that really that's what it comes down to, you know. Just being able to govern yourself in a way that you you uh you will want somebody to uh Treat your child, treat your wife, treat your mother. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to be nice or to be kind. It takes a lot of energy to be hateful and evil. Mm. And, right. and, yeah. and for me, 
I had to, I had to kind of practice that because I would get drawn into stuff online. Like, mm. oh, let me start. How let me respond to this conversation that somebody say something. Next thing you know, you start, you're drawn and, and they go and they start escalating. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, huh, I'll type it out. I just won't yeah. hit send. <laughs> right. <laughs> the internet's part of the problem, right? Because like yeah, you can say whatever you want without making eye contact with somebody. Yeah. When you gotta look somebody in the yeah. eye, it's it's a different ball game, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Even if you're, I don't know, even if you're racist, I feel like it's a little harder to say what you're thinking if you got a little eye. You no, know what I mean? Right. Brian, yeah. that is an excellent point. And it's a great segue because um, how much time we got left? As long as you want. As much as you want, buddy. <laughs> so so it's, it's, I'm glad you bring that up because, like I said, um, it's easy to get sucked into stuff. And I think one of the things I realized earlier um, on social media, because I would get into these these conversations or I get into these posts with my black friends where they we would be talking about police brutality and, and then start escalating out of nowhere. And then pretty soon somebody's talking about, yeah, we ain't gonna take this from Whitey. She's going, oh, 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 calm down. I don't Whoa. Know. Back up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite all the way there with you. But what I would do is I would I always would say to myself, if my closest white friends saw me respond that way how would that make them feel mm. and that's always been kind of like my barometer or my closest hispanic friends or my closest catholic friends or my closest gay friends or whatever the case mm-hmm. and you really have to kind of that's why that's why i talk about internalizing you know how we feel and practicing that how how would that that make me make them feel i grew up in a very machismo uh community where homosexuality is beyond frowned upon. When I was growing up in Camden, if you were gay, you could get beat. Mm. I mean, like assaulted. Like it, it's it, and and it's a lot of history in our in the black community uh, with regards to that. If you ever get a chance, uh, look up buck breaking, and it will explain a lot mm. as to why in our community it, it's like beyond frowned upon. But it's. 2021 right it's not 1981 mm-hmm. and the world's changing and people are changing but we would growing up we would we would use the f word right and, and, but it wasn't word. to describe yeah and not the four letter word right but it wasn't to describe a person based on a, their uh sexuality it was just to say this guy was a punk he would run in a fight yeah. or whatever the case mm-hmm. but now like i said and it's day and there you can't you can't say that and and for me i, I think in the beginning because my my uh one of my kids were was in in uh, middle school at the time says dad you know you shouldn't say that that's derogatory and i'm like derogatory to who i said that punk. you know what i mean like, i was talking about a guy who i just want to beat up because you know he, he'd do some cowardly shit, not anything that was of their sexual orientation and and i started having those conversations with my kids i'm like well wait a minute now i have to change my behavior and i have to mm-hmm. practice that Mm-hmm. Because for twenty years or thirty years, was yeah. this is this was normal, right? Yeah. But now it's abnormal, and I yeah. have to actually make that conscious change. And it starts with me. Right? Yeah. I think and that's how we all re- have to be. A really good point of, you know, how how would my white friend think about that? 
or my Hispanic friend, if we don't communicate to other groups and other mm-hmm. people and, and other like sexual orientations, then we're not going to have that friend and we're not going to have that, that understanding of who they are and right. got to have those conversations. And this is not a advertisement to have a token black friend, but to have a real relationship with somebody that's a, a that's different than you. And I think that's huge because we don't run in those circles. You know, we're in a white community with white people all around me that go to the white grocery store, you know, that goes to the, for the most part of the white church. It's getting better, but, you know, it's there. So we've got to That's really got to be tough too, right? Because now you don't have that option. I mean, option, that opportunity rather. That opportunity is very rare or it Mm. could be very rare. So I I understand what you're saying. Because it's the same way when I was growing up because I grew up in a black community Mm -hmm. to a black church, Mm -hmm. a black friend, black family. But like I said, I was introduced to diversity early, and that's something that I had to continuously practice. Yeah. And I mean, but I don't, I don't fault folks for feeling um, the way they feel sometimes, or if they're in a certain mindset. Um, I think the best thing for me to do if I if I run into those situations is just try to help them along as best as I can, and that yeah. could be a conversation. That could be, here, let me bring you a dish. Let's eat, yeah. right? Because we all like to eat, right? Yeah, well, that's, where, that's where healing starts is yeah, around the table. Yeah. Yep. You know? yep. So one one question that we've failed to ask our folks is, and this was the, the question that we would always ask our guests, but Dewan, everybody has a spirit animal, right? Like, you know, what, whatever your mm-hmm. spirit animal is. If you, what is your spirit food? If you like one the food that is your food, you can be a food. What would it be? I bet it's that balut thing. I looked that up. <laughs> oh, you looked at you, you like that balut? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. What is that? Can you it's not it? that. I can tell you that. Oh, oh. balut. Okay. You see it? <laughs> I'm looking at it. Yeah. B a l u t. I'll let you explain it, but yeah. No, I'm it googling is. it. Uh, uh, let's wait for the reaction. Okay, Brian. yeah, you got to see the picture. Go ahead <laughs> and tell us your spirit food, and we'll come back to the balut. That's- oh, man. Um, that's a good question. Well, I make a mean rib, but I wouldn't say that's my spirit mm. food. Like ribs, though, people, I've, I've converted Muslims back to Christians with my ribs. <laughs> I'm telling you, vegans have become full, full-blown meat eaters. It's more beef ribs, ribs I guess, like, right? <laughs> but that's because, you know, my cousin Scotty don't live near me. This guy, he can barbecue his better than me but um my spirit food that kind of really speaks to i guess it would be my ribs <laughs> okay. all right <laughs> because because you know what it's it brings people together it's enjoyable hmm. you know it it could be it could be tough in some areas or it can melt your mouth in other areas mm-hmm. It's juicy. I don't hear about that. I'll take you your wife's I mean? word for that. This finger looking good. I mean, them them ribs, man. Yeah, yeah. they legit, huh? Oh man. Mm. But I love ribs. You find that balut yet? That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. What? <laughs> what? What? It looks yeah, like man. if if I'm if I could describe it, it looks like just a chicken that hasn't hatched. Yeah, that, yeah that's what it is. Deep. Exactly. These are ducks, yeah. I think, a lot of times, maybe. Yeah, but. ducks. Yeah, ducks. Why? This, this, basically, it's a, it's and it's, it's actually a delicatessen in the, uh, in the Vietnamese community. Can, yeah. can uh, they not just scramble the egg before? It, well, yeah, well, it's a fertilized <laughs> duck egg, so it's like an embryo. It's started to grow. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I see that. 
Yeah. And and I worked in the restaurant industry for about a decade. So I was always trying to experiment with food and try different things. And I always said, you know, you don't knock it till you try it. But yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, just knock okay. that one right off your list. Yeah. You I've always been one of those. I'll try anything once, guys, with food. Yeah. Nope. No, this is pushing it for me. I've had yeah, some weird stuff. Some but, stuff that mm-mm. I've been introduced to in different circles. And, and, um, you know, I try it for the sake of being, uh, you know, uh, a good guest and, mm-hmm. and cordial. But and I always say, you don't have to eat it if you don't want to. You know, we love mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll try it. And now, you know, I say it's not for me, and it's no, you know, it's no love loss. But I always give it a try. You know. Yeah, it's it's like when you go to the church potluck. Going back to that, like I would yeah. always make sure that I would have a giant water. So if I get some food that just does not taste good i'll yeah. just swallow mm. that water is yeah i never had that problem just wash it down fast yeah i've i've had i've been to a few potlucks where it's like that's disgusting i don't know what that so, is but that's gross no. well, just got three just different kinds food. of mac and cheese you got to try, try them all right uh, biscuits uh i'm i'm a, <laughs> oh. a fluffy guy on the inside uh i mean i go with everything uh, you could put anything on me, and I'd be all right with it. Uh, I can't. I just love biscuits, man. They just they just speak to my heart like none other. Me too. I, you know, I didn't even think about that. I, I, every time I go to Bob Evans, I always order a dozen of biscuits to go. I swear, it's the Bob best Evans. ever. I, you know, that's what's the trouble with with you know you northern folks is you don't have good biscuits. Yeah. Where can you get honestly get a good biscuit above like Virginia? That's what I want to know. I have no idea. I know my mom used to make the best biscuits. <laughs> Without making them yourself. Because, like, you know, here we got Bojangles or even right, right. Hardee's. Like, Hardee's yep. is Carl a good Jr. biscuit. I mean, I'll, this is controversial. Uh-oh. Hot Probably. <laughs> here we go. McDonald's has an okay biscuit. Real talk. Mm. It's okay. Give them the choice. I'm give you two choices. McDonald's or KFC. Which biscuit do you want? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Oh, that's uh-oh. oh, that's true. KFC biscuits taste like chemicals. It's like chalk. Yeah. See, see, KFC biscuits were great like twenty years ago. I don't know something they did with the recipe. Everything was it great was twenty like years the ago. Place to get biscuits yeah. now. Pizza Hut was good. It's back when they had trans fats. KFC was good. Yeah, <laughs> but you legitimately like the Chick Fil A biscuit? Oh, you don't, dude. That's disgusting. That is the worst biscuit. Oh, are you getting them fresh or are you getting them like, you know, crunchy? Fresh? Like the, not, I'm not going to say it's the worst biscuit, but there's it, on, on the, the drive-through menu, on the drive-through is the worst. Give me a worst <laughs> drive-through biscuit. Besides KFC. KFC. Popeyes? Oh. Popeyes. Popeyes has a legit biscuit. Mm, maybe not. Mm, I don't know. I think, mm. It seems a little processed. Chick-fil-A, when I bite it, it falls apart. It, there's nothing that. in there. It just crumbles. When's, when's the last time you had Chick-fil-A biscuit? Let's ask that. I, well, probably the late 80s. Oh, okay. They, they're not terrible now. Did you say late 80s? Late 80s. He went to the mall before it opened to get a Chick-fil-A breakfast biscuit. That's All what right. happened. I'm going to have yeah. to try this, this new Chick-fil-A give a, biscuit. Give it a chance. Yeah, I'm going to have to make a run to Chick-fil-A. But I'm telling you, Wendy's. I love their. I love their breakfast. Wendy's got it on point. Wait a minute. When did Wendy start serving breakfast? Uh, since the late '80s. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right after uh, that that Kona Pepsi came out. 
No. <laughs> it's when they discontinue the the uh, super bar. <laughs> oh, this, hey man, super bar. Super, super bar is legit, man. That was awesome. Make that that that, that weird taco Uh-oh. with the cheese sauce on it. Yeah, it was yeah. salad, spaghetti, and and tacos. Yeah, nachos or something. Yeah. Dude, Wendy's has a good good breakfast. I like it. They got a honey butter chicken biscuit. I could put down four of those things. It's, it's not car food, man. I think it's so sticky. Oh, who cares? Get it home. Have have a moment with it. Oh, and play it. Have a moment with it, and you can be good to go. I will say this: when when I'm on the road and I'm heading to South Carolina, I will only eat at Bojangles. Good That's man. legit. Right. I'll give you that. It, it, it's I, it, it's consistent. Mm-hmm. I, I look for consistency. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because sometimes, like not all Popeyes are the same. Right. The last, last thing, and I know I keep saying last thing, but Jermaine Curse is your cousin. How mm. cool is that, yeah, right? Well, there's a bunch. We're all related. That's if you crazy. meet another character, we're, we're all related. It, it's, it goes back to Jesus. So, it, it goes back to Jesus. Uh, what? No, no, no. <laughs> well, te- technically, that's true. We're all brothers. So, so my, I think on my, my, my branch, it's up to my great great grandfather, Reverend James Allen Kears. Mm. He was one of seventeen children, and yeah, and those seventeen children, if you can imagine, kind of populated, you know, mm-hmm. thousands, thousands. Man, my all got it on. Yeah, we're we're, we're pretty close knit, um, even 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 afar. So there's always there's always a representative from one of the branches at a funeral or a wedding, we try to keep it like that. Mm. So for example, um, my grandfather's siblings, uh, we all have a designated representative, if you will. Mm. So we try to, and I'm the, I'm the, I am my grandfather's designee, if you will, for, mm. for our branch of the family. So, and then I, I have a uh, family group page that might have 1200, uh, family members, that yeah, and and it's 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 huge. It really is. That's it's insane. hard to keep up with everybody. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's a, are you guys familiar with the group Outcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Big Boy is one of our cousins. What? No yeah. way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's wow. awesome. And, wow. And, and then there's and then there's the freak, right? Everybody knows Javon. He played with the Titans mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, with the okay. Eagles. And uh, there's it's like a who's who in the family. I was thinking about making a yearbook for the younger people so they can uh, kind of, you know, uh, I guess have something to do with family gatherings when we do reunions. Maybe they get their yearbook signed by all the celebrities or something. Wow. There's a um, we have another cousin. He's a movie star, um, and he has a television show called Atlanta on Fox. His name's Brian Henry. He played in that movie Widows. And he played in, um, if you look him up, he's, he's a very talented guy. But he's a star of a show on Fox, and he, he's a movie star. His mother uh, his mother was, was uh, near and dear to me. She passed mm. unexpectedly. Mm. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a smorgasbord of, you know, who we're mm. all related to. And, and then there's the people without the surname that we're related to, which is always, always interesting. So my mm. one cousin has a book. Because apparently portions of our family's descendants from President Madison. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, her name's Betty, Betty Kearse. She has a, a whole book and whole genealogy on the other the other Madisons, as she calls it. I don't think we're in that branch, mm-hmm. at least I don't, not my lineage anyway. You know, we might have worked for them. <laughs> <laughs> But, it was, you know, but you know, he wasn't dipping in my branch of the family. But. Careful, this is a family show. Oh yeah, I'm glad you told me that now. I was Mr. Potty Mouth earlier, and I just picked up on that. I was like, I think this is a family show, but it's coming down right. a little bit. Brian can edit it. But, uh, Sorry, I, I got nothing better to do this weekend. Don't worry about it. It's right here. That's right. Who's who's the most famous person in your phone right now? Like, if you were to call him up, me. <laughs> Nobody's more famous than me. What are you kidding me? Um, Big boy. <laughs> no, and no, I wish. I wish. She's uh let me think. Uh in my phone. I don't really I think I'm I'm in everybody else's phone. Okay. Yeah, I did comedy for a little while and radio and some other stuff. But wow. um, double dare. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that's my claim to fame, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I wish I wish uh, I would have recorded some of uh, my days on the radio. Um, that was always fun because, you know, it's, I know, like, I, I wish I had the, the time to do a podcast like you guys. This is, I think this is one of the greatest inventions ever mm-hmm. because you can have your platform, you can have your sponsors, you can have whatever you want, you know, you don't have somebody dictating to you. Yeah what your content's going to be. And I love that. That's why I'm, I'm always supporting and, I, and I'm going to support you guys the best that I can. So you ain't got to cry about it, JT. He's got tears. I'm, I mean, up. Yeah, I'm thinking about that DRE again. Golly, he's, he's, he's getting back. <laughs> he's getting for clips. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Road, <laughs> island. It's neither a road nor an island. Discuss. <laughs> I've got those dang allergies, man. Uh, Dewan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to hang out with you again. Um, thank you guys for and, having and thanks me. Thanks for the insight. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, uh, you know, dialogue and, like I said, patience, tolerance, all those. People think they're just, like, uh, just fun things to say around MLK Day. Mm. But, no, nah, it's more than that. Like, you yeah. really have to practice. And, I, and when I say, I mean, you have to consciously practice i used to have serious road rage you know driving on the street i used to drive i was like giving a right f-bomb or something i'd be like you black puerto rican guy in pizza (laughs) but but one day um I was I was I was in my road rage moment because somebody cut me off or wasn't going fast enough, whatever it was. And I and I get up to the I get right up next to the guy. And this is and this older gentleman. Mm. And I thought to myself, how embarrassing is it for me to disrespect this older gentleman? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And from that moment, I said, I'm gonna work on that. And I have to mm. practice that. So now, you know, it's like yeah, maybe that person's in a rush, or maybe some is going on and they're distracted where they freeze into it. You have to you have to really open yourself up to it's bigger than me. Yeah. And Ooh. that's how it is. Right. Oh, that'll preach. That's kind of like that's kind of like our pastor preaches grace upon grace upon grace. Yeah. Yeah. And once you, you once you know. realize that, it becomes easier every day. Every mm-hmm. day. Like mm-hmm. like like we forget that people are allowed to have bad days. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Oh. And, and it's, it's like, hey, this guy might be having a bad day because I've had bad days. Yeah, I remember one time I was flipping out on this guy at the kiosk at the Sprint store because he wouldn't give me what I want. I'm like, you know what? I should kick your <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and it escalated. And, and I got my daughter with me. I brought her home. And I said, you know what? That's not who I am. So I went back the next day and I told him, I said, you know what? Um, that, that's not me. And then I apologized to him. Mm-hmm. I apologized to the manager. I said, you know what? I, I don't know what else I can do to kind of correct that situation, but I'm going to work on, on, on some things. Mm-hmm. And me and that guy became buddies. And every time you see me, you're like, you, are you still kicking butt? Or are you coming down? It, it was like our inside <laughs> joke after all. That's but funny. That self-awareness, that's, mm-hmm. that is critical. Yeah. It's extremely critical. And it's, like I said, it's, it's a work in progress every day. So be patient with other people. Understand that they can have bad days just like you can have a bad day. And hopefully that one moment isn't going to define hmm. their total uh, actions in life. And, and that goes with, especially with our law enforcement. You know, the, these guys got to make split decisions hmm. in a moment. And, and people always see the one bad decision or the one decision that they, they just – had to make and maybe it was the right one maybe it was the wrong one but it shouldn't define who they are the content of that person's character Mm. so good stuff buddy thank you sir i appreciate it and we will talk to you soon all right all right right, thanks chance you guys take care thank you you too all right man that is a that is a wealth of knowledge i think it's inspired me just to again just be patient with people that's a huge thing have dialogue and and you know, get to know people. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, guys, next week we have Peggy No Stevens. She is the first female master bourbon taster. Maybe she'll give us some pointers on how to taste our bourbon. I'm really excited about that. Author of Which Fork Do I Use With My Bourbon? Uh, don't forget free lunch coffee. Use promo code Southern Fried at checkout at www dot freelunchcoffee.com. Um, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, keep looking up. <laughs>